Hello there. Welcome to A Certain Point of View. I'm Michael Hoover, and this is a Star Wars podcast. We are joined today by Jessica McNair. Say hello, Jessica. Hello. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. How are you? I'm doing very well. This is going to be lots of fun. I've been really waiting to talk about this because it's been out. It came out last Tuesday. Yeah. <laughs> and I really haven't been able to like geek out about it with a lot of people yet because I wanted to save the thoughts for the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> um, but we're finally doing this. So I'm I'm super pumped about it. And now we have two episodes to talk about. <laughs> so. I know. It's like makes it even better. More more stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, and just a little bit of house cleaning stuff here, uh, before we get started, we're going to talk about the bad batch tonight, the first two episodes. And, um, normally I, what, what I'm thinking, um, and and we'll see, I might adjust as we go. So the show might be just so good that I can't help but talk about it. But, um, my plan is probably to not do a weekly review uh, of the of the show just because I can really only if I can time wise I can only do one episode a week and I don't want to do like four months of bad batch reviews <laughs> only um, that really limits what we can do and um, and so I we may do certain things like live streams for big episodes or something like that here and there but you know I'm probably not going to do a weekly podcast review of this but. We had to do at least the first couple to get our general thoughts on it. And uh, Jessica, I know, is a big fan of the Clone Wars yes, and, I love and it. all the animated stuff. So I figured she was a great person to have on to talk about this. So well, thank you. I'm excited. I'm excited as well. And guys, before we get started, don't forget, if you wouldn't mind going, if you're not already, subscribe to the podcast and rate and review it as well. That really helps. And also... Join our Facebook group, A Certain Point of View Discussion Group. It is a great, just really positive place to actually interact with Star Wars fans who are respectful toward each other and actually, you know, have fun with Star Wars and um, not go down that dark hole that there is in the fandom. (laughs) Um, It's a really fun place, and Jessica's a member in it. I'm a member in it, obviously. But so, yeah, join that. And then also follow our Instagram at certain point of view pod, which Jessica is actually running now. I'm doing the best I can so far. The best you can is way better than the best I can. So I'm very so guys, real, real talk. I'm not good at Instagram, (laughs) Like pretty much the extent of my Instagram for the for the uh, for the podcast has been post a picture or post a thing that tells uh, everybody that our new episode is out. And that's all I do. And that's good. I don't think there needs to be too much. Well, I'm not good at at staying uh, actively engaged on social media. Let's just put it that way. And, um, and so Jessica just offered to run it. And I was like, yes, please take it, do, do it. (laughs) And so Whatever you see post from the Instagram page, I will still be posting every now and then. I'll still be doing some things, but Jessica is going to be doing the majority of that stuff. And I'm very excited about that. So thank you again, Jessica. You're welcome. <laughs> Trying to get some like polls and different fun things in there just for people to interact with. I think it'll be good. Ah, uh, and and you already did some of that for Star Wars Day, which is great. I did. Yeah, that was awesome. So all right. Are you ready to get started? Yes. Okay, so here's here's what we're going to do. We're going to talk about the first two Bad Batch episodes um, 
and we'll just talk. I think we'll just kind of we'll talk about one at a time. I think, and what we what we just want to do is have a free flowing discussion on it. Um, I I have notes, but just you know, I don't want to. We don't have to go in chronological order or anything. Let's just kind of talk about the episode and whatever happens happens. Um, and then we'll whenever we get to the end of that, we'll switch to the other episode. So, let's yeah, get going. Good. Um, so episode one is entitled Aftermath, directed by Stuart Lee, Saul Ruiz, and Nathaniel Villanueva, which are big Clone Wars names, by the way. Yeah. Um, the, all of them have directed big Clone Wars episodes, I think. I, I didn't recognize Stuart Lee's name, but I, he probably did. He probably did stuff with Clone Wars as well. I would but, so. I don't know. I have yeah, but I definitely recognize the other two names for yeah. sure. And then um, written by Jennifer Corbett and, of course, Dave Filoni. Our favorite. (laughs) The world's favorite, yes. One of our favorites. I guess I'll (laughs) phrase it that way. (laughs) I mean. Tread on the Ryan Johnson part for you. So one of of the favorites. Hey, I love Ryan Johnson, but I never say he's my favorite. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Don't get me started on Ryan Johnson. I, lo- <laughs> I love that man. Um, See? Okay. See, it's a favorite. It, it is a favorite for sure. <laughs> and uh, j- t- big thing with this episode, it is 74 minutes yes. long. And it was um, really good. It wasn't like the Clone Wars movie, which I know we've talked about. Yeah. It's seen kind of a mesh of different episodes. This was a really good flowing story from beginning to end. And I really, really enjoyed it. I, I agree. I think, I think that, you know, the, when you look at the Clone Wars episode, and I know we've talked about, I've, we've talked about this before. I've said it multiple times, but the Clone Wars movie absolutely had, feels like, like three or four episodes, like taped together (laughs) almost. And, uh, so the story goes up and then down and then up and then down or whatever. It feels like three separate things or four, but this actually did feel like, it really felt more like three acts of a serious, like of a full story. You know what yes. I mean? It, yes. it felt, it felt cohesive. It did not feel like they took three things and put them together. Put them together. Um, yeah. And so and very planned and maybe they thought about how they did the other one and decided to learn from that and do like a really nice big episode. Yeah. To start everything. And I love it. And Dave, if you want to, like get with with John Favreau and tell him to do that with the Mandalorian. I would be all about it. <laughs> now or you can just come on our podcast, right? You know. Yeah, Dave, I know you're listening. Just, just <laughs> you want to come on the podcast. <laughs> um, no, I've always been one of the people that you know. I'm a big fan of the Mandalorian, and I've never been one of the people that's like. Oh man, only a 35 minute episode. Oh man, only 30 minute episode. I'm like, okay, the great thing about these streaming platforms is that you can tell the the length of story that you need to tell. So if the episode needs to be 28 minutes, which one of the episodes is, then it can be 28 minutes. If the episode needs to be 55 minutes, then it can be 55 minutes. It's great. And I rarely feel like the Mandalorian is too short. Uh, even, even when they're short and doesn't yeah. usually feel too short. So for me, I'm just like, tell the story you need to tell in the amount of time you need to tell it. I don't need an hour every episode. Right. And I feel like a lot of people do, but like with this, 
with the 74 minutes, I'm like, okay, well, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say no to a 74 minute episode of Mandalorian <laughs> if you wanted to. I mean, to. I wouldn't either. As long as it's filled with really, I mean, I don't know. I don't it's, feel like they would just put random stuff in it. As long no. as the episode has really good quality yeah. or movie, whatever, I really don't care how long or how short it is. I completely agree. I completely agree. So let's let's move on. Just give me your just general overall thoughts. What did you think of this first episode? It was a big one. A lot happened. What did you think? Well, I know that this is something probably everyone wants to talk about after seeing it. But seeing Kanan... Caleb Doom in the beginning was really, really great. Um, And just hearing his voice was really, really cool as well, even though it seemed a little mature for the age he was. It was a little weird. It was a little weird. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I kind of had to ignore that and just really enjoy it. I mean, maybe he could have made his voice sound a little bit younger, but... um, they pitched it up too a little bit. I could tell they yeah. pitched it up a little bit, but it was still super weird. <laughs> yeah. It, I mean, it was. It was a little deep, but, you know, maybe some people, I mean, there's some people that just have deeper voices, unlike me, who I sound like a chipmunk. So <laughs> it, it just is what it is. I could play a 12-year-old all day long on any voice animation or even acting, probably. <laughs> People make good money on that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But I thought it was really great to see that. Um, And I remember in Rebels, him talking about, you know, just how traumatic it was Mm. um, for his master to be killed and to kind of see that from his perspective and how they just bombarded her. Um, And she literally was just giving them orders and, Um, then they just turned really quickly and I don't know, it just, it made the weight of that a lot more. And I think it ties into rebels really well. So even if someone, um, hasn't watched rebels, I think it kind of sparks a little bit of a flame that, oh, there's more of a story here. Let's watch this other series, which could be one of the reasons why Disney did it. But I, I like how they tied that together. I do too. I, I really, I really loved it. You know, there's all sorts of people that they could have put there and it would have made sense, but like, you know, they could have chosen any Jedi and their Padawan. It would have been great. But the fact that they chose Depa Balaba, which we haven't really seen. Have we Mm -hmm. seen her really in the Clone Wars? I'm thinking back. I don't think we've seen her. No. I mean, the only time I can think that you really see her, um, I can only think of really, Maybe even in just the live action in um, was she in Attack that? of the Clones? Like she was in the arena scene. Oh, okay. If I remember correctly, I remember seeing her there. Okay. Um, but I don't really remember. Maybe in passing in Clone Wars, but n- nothing was really focused on. She's her. never, yeah, she's never been focused on whatsoever. Yeah. And so, by the way, every time I say Depo Balaba, I think. Tom Kane's voice, so I go double balaba in my brain. <laughs> I'm gonna let you say it, and I'm glad you said her name because I know I would have messed it up. I had to practice. Good, I'm proud because I did not. Deepa Bilbo. <laughs> Bilbo Baggins. No. Oh yes. <laughs> but I I really loved seeing her. She was she made a great impression on me. I really yes. liked just a little bit of her character that we got to see. Oh and oh my gosh. 
order 66 happening in the way that like it cut away and she like she told caleb to run Mm -hmm. twice and he ran and you could just hear her like scream in agony and it was like so gut-wrenching like they really they really went for it on that scream (laughs) like it was so sad and very effective as well (laughs) very effective and it was just so you're right it was so good to see kanan caleb whatever and it was a little jarring the voice was weird but after (laughs) after the first little bit of him talking i was like yeah I don't even care. I'm seeing yeah, I'm seeing young Caleb Doom right now. And by yes. the way, when he like there's this one this one little part where in the woods where he light he ignites his lightsaber um yes. toward crosshairs uh, crosshair I think and he just ignites it and like the dust from the like the snow kind of comes up with it at the same time. It is a it's just so it's such a gorgeous shot. And by the way, the visuals. Yes. Holy crap. The animation is similar to Clone Wars, but they even stepped it up another notch. Like, oh, yeah. All the different details. And like you were saying, with the lightsaber, the snow, like, there's just a little bit more depth to it that just, I don't know, makes it even. Yeah. Better. Well, like, it, I feel like even within the Clone Wars season seven, I feel like. Between, yeah. it looked good in the Bad Batch and it looked good in the Martez sisters arc or whatever. It yeah. looked good. Like it always did look good within the past few seasons. Yeah. But um and it did look better than like season six. But I noticed a big step up in the final arc, um, in the final four episodes. Yeah. And this just like takes all that and even bumps it up a little more. Yeah. There's even a yeah. little more clarity. And like, like, like you said, like the, the snow, it, like whenever he ignited the lightsaber, this, I could see individual flake, like dustings of snow and yeah. like the trees and the lighting and like it, it's just absolutely ridiculous what they're able to do with animation now, particularly this style. It took me a minute to come around to the style when I started the show for yeah. the first time. Um, obviously it just didn't look as good. The faces weren't detailed and you couldn't have real expressions as much back then. Um, and so it was tough back then, but even just style wise, it still is faithful to how it started, but it's just so much more lifelike. (laughs) It's like, you can just tell that technology has even gotten better. And I always tell people when they first start watching the clone wars, I'm like, Hey, you got to remember when this was made, it wasn't like the animation isn't great in the beginning, but it keeps getting better through the seasons. Yeah. And I think yeah. season one is probably the one that I notice the most. Mm. I mean, season, oh my gosh, uh, just slight tangent here. I'm in season one right now. And Are the, you? <laughs> well, I'm on my chronological yes, rewatch, yes. my personal rewatch here. And um, it started off really strong. I love the first arc for the most part, except for the zero, the hut stuff in the movie. Um, I love the malevolence arc. Um, yes. I think it's really cool. And I love the, uh, the, oh my gosh, what the domino squad arc. That is one of my favorite arcs in all of clone wars. And I forgot that it's so close to the beginning and, um, like with the clones training and we meet, um, heavy and we meet uh fives and we meet all these all these great clones 
and it's such a good arc. And then we have a couple of tough ones. It's particularly this droid arc that I just watched. Yes. It is. So, the And I also noticed the music. The music is, it, he hasn't found it yet. Yes. <laughs> Let's just say he hasn't, he has not found it. It's a work in progress. It's a work in progress. <laughs> it's, it's weird. There's like electric guitars and like, weird beat like like digital beats going it's like yeah, really bizarre. yeah i remember that it's been a while since i've watched the beginning um Oof. of it because i have a friend that is slowly going through them and i'm trying to get her to do it quicker so we can watch some of bad batch together um but i started re-watching when she did and i already like made it through all of them before she's even like through season five i think yeah <laughs> In what I'll tell you what, once it gets to a certain point, absolutely, it's so easy to just binge. But the first little bit is hard, yeah. even for me as a fan of the show. It it's is. it's a bit of a slog for a while. Yeah, it is. It is. Um, it's so worth it. It is worth it because then you get to where we are now with the Bad Batch. Yes, and the <laughs> characters, and I don't know. I love speaking of that. Like I love how they bring continue a lot of the characters into this, which obviously they're going to because it's right at the end of Clone Wars. But seeing like Saw Gerrera was really awesome. Mm, yeah, um, yeah, I love them sprinkling his story in, and I I love how he was introduced even before they even did Rogue One. You know, I just think that's really interesting mm -hmm. that they kind of picked that character um, to kind of continue in yep. the franchise, you know. Yep. Um, but it was really cool to see him, and he's already, you know, I mean, he. everyone knows his personality and his character, so it's not really... It's very likely that he's doing what he's doing. Mm -hmm. um, but I just find it very interesting how, um, I don't know if I'm skipping ahead of myself too much, but how they kind of deal with the complex issue of the clones being quote unquote programmed or like what free will they have. And so mm -hmm. when they introduce them into that, it's just interesting to see them see that it is people and not droids. And um, that whole part of the story I think is is very important and I think that it continues what they were doing in in the Clone Wars of having the clones have personalities and just seeing it more than just a clone like a cloned individual um and that mm -hmm. sort of thing so yeah absolutely and one one of the things that I really took notice of in this was Yes, to all that with the Bad Batch in particular. But if you notice, once the Order 66 took yeah. place, all of the other clones lost all autonomy. They were all, yes. they were all basically, they were all actual clones of each other at that yes. point. They were, they were all like, um, well, they were all unified in a different way. And they were all unified and aligned with the empire now. And, and seeing that, that, that assembly outside where Palpatine is like the first galactic empire yeah. and seeing all the clones cheer for that. It was yeah. like really, it was very disturbing actually a little, it was, it was really bizarre. And it's like thinking about it, you would think, well, why wouldn't you want these clones to be this way from the beginning? in during the clone wars but it's like palpatine always has something you know some card you know hidden something hidden up his sleeve and it just 
is so perfect for him in his evil plan to have that chip to where mm. when he gets what he wants his goal to happen, which is fueling both of these, like this war together, like he's fueling both sides. And then when he gets to win, it's like a flip of the switch. And all of a sudden now there are these perfect clones that will do mm -hmm. anything that he wants them to do. And then it's, it's really, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then it's really interesting, like directly after that, how Tarkin is like, then how it shows, by the way, Tarkin is now like yes. kind of the show's villain at this point. And Tarkin is now after he he's basically his mission is now to dissolve the clone army and um and instead favor um oh my gosh what's the word i'm looking for um recruited I, yeah. recruited military yes. and and for half the cost basically so you're sacrificing some quality um for the cost and i like that they like explain that because it's always like, man, why are the clones so much better? Why are the stormtroopers so much worse than yes. clones were? And, and it that's cool shows too, I think. Like, there was a whole thing with the Republic using the clones about if they respected their life or not. And we're going to use clones instead of people mm -hmm. because we can make them, you know, better in all of these different areas. And it's it's a clone versus a human, even though they proved that they were human and they had their personalities. Right. I find it even, it makes it even just more sinister. I think that Tarkin is wants to get rid of that when people already thought that was kind of heartless. And then, oh, let's just recruit. And then it ends up being like stealing children and things like that. And we don't care if they're great or not because we have a lot and they can just all die and it doesn't matter. Right. Because you know and, that's where it's going. You you have to serve you have to serve the empire. Yeah. And um I don't man, it's it's no pretty... matter the cost. Like he doesn't care if that means a hundred thousand more people die because it's cheaper. Right. Abs yeah, absolutely. And and they call it peace. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Um, I, I think this whole transition from Republic to Empire is super fascinating and it's not anything we've seen before in anything. And, you know, we've seen Order 66 on a couple of different levels now, but we've never seen uh, the pardon my pun, but the aftermath. We've never seen that really yeah. um, in anything. The direct days after that follow that we've never seen what really what it was like and like how that transition took over and took hold. And um, I, I find it extremely fascinating, like seeing stuff like I just mentioned where it's they're they're going away from the clone army into recruited army. Yeah. And, um, and, you know, it, we'll see in the next episode with uh, chain codes yeah. and, and stuff like that. I love that we're seeing this stuff be implemented and, um, and see how the empire actually did it and how ruthless they are. And, um, you know, I, I have just, I have just loved all of this. What did you think of, what did you think of that transition from the Republic to the empire? I really like that they're showing it. It's like something that we didn't ask for, but they're giving us. And it's really great because you kind of see on the like higher levels of, you know, Palpatine saying, I am the Senate and he becomes the emperor and kind of what it looks like with the Jedi, but you don't really see 
what it does to the everyday people and the people that are fighting in the war. Um, And so I really like that they're kind of getting down into the nitty gritty of what it really looks like down on the ground, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, And so I'm really glad that they are showing that um, because I think it kind of explains even more how the empire was able to have so much power for so long. Um, And that they just had so much control and under the guise of peace. So. Yeah. Um, So let's, let's do this. I want to, I want to get your thoughts on a couple of, on a couple of things. So um, first of all, how did you feel like the show it did with like just tone wise? So obviously when we heard about the Bad Batch show, my my initial response was, I'm excited, but like I hope they go a little more in depth with the characters because mm-hmm. I think that the Bad Batch arc was super fun. I'm not one of those people who hated on the Bad Batch arc, which apparently there's a lot of, and I didn't realize yeah. that. There's a lot of people, I think because they, it was pretty apparent that they were setting it up for something else, um, but okay. it was still a great, <laughs> a great arc. Like, yeah. and why are we complaining that they are bringing in new characters to create another show after? I don't really understand that, but. Why are we complaining about Star Wars A-Team? I don't understand yeah. <laughs> the complaint here. It's, it's only awesome. That's all. <laughs> yeah. And so. I, my thought was I loved the arc. It might've been a little too long. Like if you're asking me, like, I think that what I would have loved to have seen with season seven was maybe do like three arcs and then the, um, and then the final four episodes yeah. where you do, where you actually do like two or three bad batch episodes and then two or three of the Martez sisters up ep- really just two, two episodes of the Martez sisters arc. And then do the whole um, oh I can't remember what it's called the the son of Dath son of Dathomir arc that they actually wrote. Um, have you heard about that? No. They wrote an they wrote a an arc for Maul that shows what happens between that um, between that fight with Palpatine in season five. Yeah. What sh- it shows be- what happens between that and season seven, that and it's called awesome. it's called Son of Dathomir, and I haven't actually like uh, read it, but apparently they made a comic for it since they couldn't release the arc. But I would have, I would have loved to have seen that in an arc. Oh, now that you mentioned the comic, I think I know what you're talking about. No. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And and I've heard nothing but amazing things about it. So I would have like taken a couple episodes out of each of the previous arc previous arcs and then put mm-hmm. that into season seven. But I'm just nitpicking here. Yes. Um, yes. But I I really did love the Bad Batch arc. Um, even though it might have been a little long, I loved it. Was just so much fun. It was it's it was like it reminded me of 80s and 90s action movies that I used to watch, and um, it really was like a team. Yeah. Rambo, Rambo yeah. like all this stuff. It was like the expendable. Yeah, <laughs> like, they're just like going and they're getting it done. And yeah, and and it really well shot, really well shot action, yeah. and like it really incredible. I loved, I loved it so much. But I was like, I was a little concerned because I was like, okay, but like a whole show of that is not interesting to me. An arc mm-hmm. of it is interesting to me. 
A whole show is not. And so I loved how they took this arc, or I'm sorry, they took this show and immediately were introduced to them in a fun way, just like we've seen them before. But immediately after that, with Order 66, it takes a dark, darker turn. And the it, it's it's definitely a much more serious um, show than the arc in the Clone Wars is. There's still comedy for sure. Yeah. It's still funny, but um, it's a much more it's a much deeper mm-hmm. um, and character focused show than I expected. And I'm very pleasantly surprised and well, maybe not surprised, but very pleased about it. So what did you think of, what did you think of the direction there? I mean, I expected it for it to be a darker show because of it's happening right after order 66 and everything that's going to have to occur in order for that full transition of power. Um, and so I just didn't know where all they were going to go with it. And so I think for them to be different enough that the chip, the inhibitor chip didn't really function correctly. And so they were able to really think more about what's order 66 and it just didn't flip a switch like the other ones Um, I kind of was guessing maybe that's where they were going to go with it. And I'm really glad that they are because it's going to show, I think, more of that turmoil between what you're supposed to do and what you should do, you know, and, Mm -hmm. and well, this, this gets in the second one, so I I won't, but I I like how it also is going to, I think, bring in some of the other characters that we see in like rebels and different clones like that i feel like it's going to help kind of tie those stories together as well kind of like what were they doing all that time yeah 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 yeah. i love that and uh so let's go on to oh and omega we haven't talked about her literally just about to bring her up i was gonna (laughs) ask you what did you think of omega I really like her. I The whole time I was watching and I was like, how can you not realize she's a clone? Like every time she was talking to them, I'm like, she is a clone. Like how can you not see that yeah. she is one of you guys? She's altered. It's a female clone. It's right in your face. She has the same accent, but you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it seems pretty obvious but they were, but Hunter was like, oh, there's something weird about her. Yes. <laughs> like, yes, yeah, I, have a I know. Feeling about this. She's no. like you, but a woman. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, I love that. So I'm not very familiar with the, the actress that voices her, but I guess she was in um, Fear the Walking Dead. Um, I didn't, re- I'd never watched, I never really got into The Walking Dead, but I guess that's the like spinoff. Kind of. So The Walking Dead is the original and yes. but and the yeah, Fear of the Walking Dead is the spin-off. And yes, I'm I'm not a fan of either. I actually haven't seen Fear of the Walking Dead, but I got really bored with the show because I was like two seasons in, I was like, okay, so this is what the show is. I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> I got really bored. So I actually don't know the actress that Yeah, that I plays don't. Her at all. Um I almost thought I was almost hoping it was Have you watched Mythic Quest on Apple TV? I have not. No. Okay, so it's it's a lot of the same people that did um It's Always Sunny. 
Um, and, and anyway, there's a girl, um, that's one of the main characters. And at first I thought, let me see, excuse me. Her name's Charlotte, um, McDowell, I think. And so at first when I heard that voice, I thought, well, maybe it's her, but I'm really happy regardless, um, with the other people. So, yeah. And she, she did a great job. I like, I like, um, I, I was a little bit thrown off by how thick her accent was at first. Yeah. When she said her name, I was like, Omega. <laughs> I was like, I can't even do the accent well, but I was like, that's, oh, Omega. Got it. I guess <laughs> she's, um, she's, I looked her up and she's from New Zealand. Oh yeah. Definitely Which sounded New Zealand, yeah. New Zealand-ish yeah. to me. Um, so I love the character. I, I think that, generally i feel like most people are positive on her although i have heard some people are like oh she's annoying and i don't again like i don't know i <laughs> i don't get it um i think that i think she's a very interesting and intriguing character and not remotely annoying she's a kid yeah but like you know she makes stupid decisions but She's a kid. Yeah. It's kind she's of the actually, same as Ahsoka when she was first brought on, you know. She's way less annoying than Ahsoka was when she was first brought on. Yes, but they're both. Way kids. less annoying. And, well, I, I say that loving Ahsoka and yes, I love, yes. and, and Ahsoka was annoying with a purpose. Yeah, yeah. So I, like, I'm fully behind Ahsoka from beginning to end. Yes. But she was far more annoying than than Omega. I found Omega's charm to far outweigh. Yes. Yeah, her, I see what the, you're saying. The annoying yeah. things about her. I found her very endearing um, for the most part. And I found the re- like the connection that she has from the get-go with uh, with Hunter. I found that to be very intriguing, very interesting. Yes, um, I love and their I, dynamic and their relationship. Their oh. dynamic is fantastic. And I'm really glad they did that too because I actually, from the Bad Batch arc of the Clone Wars, I was – a little disappointed that we didn't get a little, I felt like the, all the rest of the clones I felt or of the bad batch, I felt like got pretty significant time, but I felt like Hunter was oddly enough as the leader. I felt like he was kind of uh, left out of the character development department a little bit in that arc. And so to see him within the first episode, like they dive head on into his, like into his character much more. And I, I'm so happy about that. And they're really using, and we'll talk about it even more in the next episode, Mm -hmm. but like they're really using Omega to, uh, they're really using Omega to kind of progress Hunter's character. So yeah. What did you think? What, any more thoughts on Omega? I I just love that. It's a fun twist, you know, like if Uh they could have created other variants of the clones, like why wouldn't they have? played around with more and created a female clone. I don't know. Um, I just find it very interesting and I'm, I'm really curious to kind of find out what she was created for. Um, because I think Mm -hmm. maybe it's in the second episode, they were saying that like all clones were created for a reason and she clearly Mm -hmm. had a reason. Um, so I'm kind of interested to see what her backstory is and, I don't know. Like, yeah, it fills in the gap because obviously they lost 
crosshair, but I don't think it's and I don't think it was, oh, we just need to fill this spot. And so we're gonna create this character. Definitely I think it's not. very intentional and I, I'm really excited to see her grow and and her help the other um clones in the Bad Batch grow as well. I think it's just gonna make it even more relatable and them them see them be seen in even more of a human light versus clones. Yeah, I totally agree. And I, you know, when you think about the the moments that she had where whether it's where she um whether it's where she shot um, you know, Crosshair's gun and kind of shot it out of his hand when he, he was about to shoot Hunter and Wrecker. Yeah. Um, or like uh I, I kind of blanking at the moment, but there was a few moments where she's been between the two episodes there have been a few moments where it's like this person is naive and doesn't know what's going on in the world, but she's special. There's something about her. Yeah. And so I do know that there is some concern that they're just doing Grogu again. Yeah. Um, and I get the concern. I think it's valid, but at the same time, found family stuff is extremely, extremely common in star wars mm -hmm. this is a common theme of star wars whether it's you go back to um luke leia and han they're a family and they yeah. they found each other um and even like obi-wan found luke <laughs> you know yeah and 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 raised him for a while um you go to um obi-wan qui-gon and anakin yes they're totally a family um, you Ray go to taking the name of a Skywalker, you know. Yeah, absolutely. And, and then you can also say Ray, Finn, and Poe are absolutely a family. Um, and they left Rose out. Um, Rose. <laughs> I know. I, I, I love I love Rose. I will defend I Rose to the too. day I die. I do too. Rose and Finn just got the shaft so bad. Oh my god! The last one. You're like, I'm doing, I got to stay behind and study or something. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh God. But yeah. So like, if you think about it and I could name off a bunch of other, the rebels characters, Kanan and, and Hera and all in the gang. Yeah. That is a family. And that's like, that might be a best, the best comp yes, to this yeah. group. And Ezra, how he like found them. And Absolutely. It's very much a common theme. So. It, this is a common theme. And so for me, it's like. I would, this is what, this is what I would prefer. I don't want her to be a force sensitive clone. Yeah. Um, I, I could be open to it, but it is drifting toward the Grogu scenario. <laughs> um, and if they do that, I would like for her to have a purpose. Obviously she has, she definitely has a purpose. They're playing that up. Uh, they're definitely playing that up. And so I'm interested to see what that is. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely, it, I've been thinking about that a lot cause, cause Travis brought it up in the group and, mm -hmm. and he, he brought up some really good points, how it was similar to, to Grogu. But I, I, the more I think about it, I'm like, you go through all of those people that I just brought up and then there's still more that I, I'm sure I'm just not thinking of off the top of my head. Um, it really, Star Wars is full. And if you think about it, it has to be full of found families because, there's not many nuclear families <laughs> in Star yeah. Wars. Like, there's just not. Um, and which, that's what again, I just wanted it to be was a story about family. Yeah, one hundred percent. And it's a common theme throughout Star Wars. 
George Lucas from the beginning has wanted that. So it's not surprising that Dave Filoni does too. And so I'm down with it. I love it. And it definitely what, what, what really sells me on it is they're not just doing it for the heck of it. Yeah. There is narrative purpose driving both Omega's character and Hunter's character, especially both of their characters, um, really pushing them forward. And we'll talk about this even more here in a minute because we're about to switch episodes. But I, I really love how it's pushing both of their characters forward. And it's not, like I said, it's not just to, to do another found family thing. It is to, it is narratively very, beneficial and it makes a lot of sense and and emotionally satisfying like when i watch when i watch the moments between those two characters i'm like oh my gosh (laughs) very touched yeah i know like i've never thought about the the force sensitive part of it like if she was going to be force sensitive i i almost wonder like i just i don't see them doing that but i could i i hope not there's just, there was a few moments, particularly like when, when like they were in the hangar and she like she knew that they were about the that like crosshair and and the other clones was were about to come through the door. She was like, "You're not gonna have to wait for long or whatever." Yeah, and and they came through stuff like that, and I it's, don't know it's, if it's not explicit, or if it's, it's a play on she's a clone, so she their minds are all to an extent very similar. It could uh, be as simple as she heard them. Yeah, like it could yeah. be, it it was not explicit, but there have been a few things that she yeah, did something. From it. Yeah. She did something um, with, with like, like she shot that weapon with extreme p- precision with no experience shooting it. Like stuff like that is like, okay, there's clone too. Like exactly. It's, it's not, DNA. nothing is explicit, but I'm just yeah. saying like people are talking about that and I see why. Yeah. I hope that's not where they go. But again, they could sway me with a good story. Yeah. Like I, I'm not, I'm not going to be. I think it'd be kind of cool. I don't know if this makes it too much of a family thing, but what if she wasn't cl- a clone from Django? What if she was a clone from Hunter, like cloned from him? Okay. So, so he's altered. And so she is. Okay, I can see that. You know what I mean? Like maybe yeah. that's where the connection. I don't know. Maybe that's where he's like. You, so so like near the near the end of the show, you find that he's he's like, she was my daughter yeah. all along. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just. It, it's just a thought. It's a shot. Yeah, but I doubt it could be. What it is, but I think of Django r- raising Boba. So, you know, you never know. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> the way that I just did that definitely sounded like a Days of Our Lives thing or something. <laughs> no, I am your father clone. <laughs> Do you have any other... Uh... Oh, we have to talk about Crosshair really quick. Yes, I was so I... sad. It's so sad. It's. I thought this decision was very smart. Yes. Um, Because... Not only, you know, look, we have Tarkin. He's, it feels like Tarkin's kind of the big bad of the show at the moment. And he's a perfect big bad. Oh my. And let's be honest. He was the big bad. I bring this up every time we talk about a new hope. Tarkin was the big bad in the new hope. Yeah. Vader was his assistant essentially. Like as cool as he was, Tarkin was the main man. Like he really, he was, Tarkin is an amazing villain. I love Tarkin so much. Um, 
in a hateful way, of course. Yes. But, but like, so you have him as the big bad, but it really, you need something more on a personal level. And I think that they, I think that having crosshair, having one of them, particularly crosshair, kind of turn or have, have it, have it be like, it's not even his choice. It's, it's, he doesn't want to, you can see him struggling with it in the, in the prison cell. Um, which by the way, I love that Omega moment with him, um, where she was like, where she was like, um, I know you, like, I know you're, I can't remember what she said exactly, but basically like, I know you, um, I know you can't help it or I know, I know what you're going to do and I know it's not your fault or something like that. And it was like, she's just like inherently a really good person. Yeah. Really compassionate person. She never had the chip inserted. If she didn't. He's like, doesn't have it at all. Who? Omega? Omega. Yeah. Yeah. Cause when she talked about it, she talked about it like it was just the bad bad. She, she didn't talk about it like it was in all of us or anything like that. So I imagine, I imagine that could be very much the case. Um, but yeah, with crosshair, he, he, like we see from the very beginning where he starts to, where he like shoots Kanan and he says that dreaded line, good soldiers follow orders. Whoo. There's not much, there's not many more chilling lines than that in the clone (laughs) wars, just because we know what it means after that season six arc. But, um, yeah, every from from that moment, I was like, "Well, okay, he's turning." <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I see where this is going, and so, and I didn't mind that I could see it coming. It was it like escalated as the episode went on, and now that now that they have you know one of their own following them, it really raises the stakes, and yeah. it makes it it makes it really a lot more personal, and he knows them so well, and he's gonna be a hard person to like escape from and stuff because he's like the sharpshooter the sniper you know like he the one that can't miss yeah what did you think what did you think of the uh did you have any other thoughts on his on his like unfortunate turn um i don't know just like even in his face like through the beginning after order 66 happened you could just kind of see that he was the one i think that struggled with okay, an order came through, I'm supposed to do this, but all these other guys aren't, but these guys are, I don't know, I just felt like they did it so well, even just in the animation, like you could just see it on his face, and um, I'm glad that they kind of got it out of the way, not out of the way, but they kind of addressed it earlier on instead of dragging it out, so we have a clear kind of group and plot that's going forward. Totally agree. And that's one of the pluses to having a super duper sized episode for the first one. Yes. Um, They were really able to give us a firm foundation and an idea of what's going on with the show. What's the objective? What's the conflict here? And, and so now we have a, we have kind of an idea of at least what is going on right now. We have, although we don't know, I have no idea where the show is really going ultimately, which really excites me. Um, it's not easy to tell, which is good. Um, so I have a question actually about crosshair. 
Yeah. What moment when you were watching it did you think, okay, he is going to go in this direction? Oh, honestly, like when he said good soldiers follow orders, I was like, that confirmed it to me. Mm -hmm. But my first suspicion was right away when he shot at Kanan, when he shot at Kanan in the tree, because, because, um, uh, Hunter was like, we're, we're here to help you. And Crosshair was just like, pew. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like from that moment. And I kept thinking, maybe he's going to change his mind. Maybe he's going to change his mind. But then, when they come to that, um, where the like the ridge, mm, the ravine, where Kanan does that jump. Yes, and he <laughs> jumps, and then Crosshair says to Hunter, "Are you sure he's dead?" Basically, because if someone fell, you look down, not across. And I was, yeah, like, yeah, 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 he's done. Like, <laughs> yeah, he's not gonna let that one go. Like, he's he's going bad. <laughs> yeah. So that was my moment. I thought so too. Also, so my last little bit that I want to say about this episode um, is I loved the whole. Um, I love seeing um, we have a big character moment for Hunter on Onderon when he figures out, you know, all the when they meet Saw Gerrera and they figure out like what the Empire's doing that they're spying on them, and then they figure out that the fifth. Um, that the fifth, um, what's the word I'm looking for? The fifth clone that's like them is not Echo. It is, it is Omega. Yes. When they figure that out, Hunter's like, we have to go get her. Yeah. She's one of us. And yeah. so like when we had that moment and they go back for her, whenever it like really, this mo- this show is going to, I think is going to do a number on my emotions at certain points because there's something with the father-daughter stuff that really yeah. gets me. And so, but when, when they end up in the cell with Omega, I went, Omega is just, I took note that she was, it was a really sweet moment because she was so shocked that they came back for her. Mm -hmm. Like no one's ever done anything like that for her. She's never experienced family of any kind. And so when, when she, when she said, you came back? For me, like, or something like that. She said that. I was like, oh my gosh, she's never experienced this before. And then, like, when she, when they leave, um, they're like on the ship and she like goes into the cockpit. And one of them says, first time in a ship. And she goes, first time anywhere. Yeah. I was like, oh man. (laughs) (laughs) Just like a little, uh, little ray moment i feel like a little bit especially in the next episode yes and it also reminded me of solo yeah um it reminded me of solo when he escaped from Corellia. yeah um definitely borrow borrowing or mirroring yes that's really what star wars does they mirror other things that they've done and so yeah i love it i loved it so any other stray thoughts on the first episode um i can't think of anything really i think we kind of covered Covered yeah. well. I just love the characters that they included, and mm-hmm. there's a lot there and stuff. It was just really good. Yeah, I agree. I loved it. So let's move on to episode two, "Cut and Run." Yes, we have it directed by Stuart Lee. Right, the writer is 
good luck with this, me. Um, Gers- Gersimren Sandu. Gersimren Sandu. Sounds good. I'm going to say that. I don't know if that's right. Sorry, Gersimren. <laughs> We're trying our best. Oh, sorry, I'm trying so hard. Um, this one is a standard runtime of actually a little more than standard. It's 27 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's great. Um, okay. What are your thoughts of this episode? I love how they go back and it's it's Cut, who is the clone that defected. Like, I love that mm-hmm. they bring him and his family, like, back into the story. That's something that I really like, too. Yeah. Just building on, on Clone Wars and what has kind of come before. Um, yeah. I don't know. I just, there's just little things, like... I love the character development. I love how you're learning even more about how much, how almost naive Omega is because she hasn't been anywhere. And we were kind of talking about the Ray moment. She sees the oh, dirt. Yeah. She's like, what is this? It's dirt. And it's kind of, that would Ray be sees green for the first time. <laughs> yeah. you know? um, but I feel like in a lot of characters, that's the way it is. They've never really been anywhere. And then they mm-hmm. go somewhere different and they're like, blown away by there's this whole galaxy you know in front of me and it kind of makes the possibilities endless for their characters which I love um I don't know it's just I I like how they just threw in and they're explaining things like we talked about like the chain code and kind of where all of that came from um just seeing also seeing her like get to play with other kids was really sweet so just um I don't know, like, I listened to um, your hyperspace one about people saying it's a filler episode, and I don't think... You mean my is. rant? Yeah, you mean my I rant? Which is hilarious, because when I was listening to it, and you were talking about what an actual filler episode was, I immediately was thinking the musical episodes for, like, sitcoms. Yeah, that's... <laughs> Yeah. You said that, and I was like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe that's exactly what I was thinking. And I was thinking of especially, like, the ones in, like, Scrubs and stuff that are just so random. And that's – they're good, but like you said, if you take it out, you don't miss anything. There's no narrative purpose for them. Yes. This is not part. a filler episode. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, you get to see characters, like I said, from before. They build on the characters that you have. You get more information. I mean – no, it doesn't get, give you some big reveal on what's coming next, but you need episodes like this. They're the building blocks of what the show is going to be. Yeah. I, for anybody who's listening who did not listen to my little rant, um, and that's what it was. It was a 10-minute rant. Um, <laughs> so You got to get it out of your system. <laughs> I'll do it again. So for <laughs> so for those of you who, who haven't been following this, I have been starting to post little uh, five to ten minute snippets on my way to on my way to work. Some days that um, I drive in the afternoons, I, I drive to some some music lessons that are in a different city. So I have a good little bit of time uh, while I'm driving. And so sometimes I'm just like thinking about Star Wars and like randomly thinking about it. And so I will just kind of record my thoughts and uh after this episode 
I saw people coming out of the woodwork starting to call it a filler episode. And and Michael did not like it. That's I the summary. <laughs> I, it's a it's a pet peeve of mine. I feel like filler episode is just it's it's such an overused word that people actually yeah. don't don't they we've forgotten what it means because we just throw it around like it's like a filler word like um <laughs> like i just feel like we throw it around all the yeah. time a filler episode just to recap a filler episode is an episode that you can pluck out and uh and if you if you don't watch that episode you don't miss anything important narratively so like you can watch through a show and you can skip an episode and it wouldn't make any difference. That's a filler episode. So I brought up instances like, like in fringe, they had this musical mm-hmm. episode and you could watch it and have fun, but there's not a narrative purpose to it. It is a filler episode by definition, but there's episodes like this where the plot doesn't like, if you think about it, they start the episode or they end the last episode and start this episode. They're in space. They're they're on the ship. They're going to a planet. And at the end of the episode, they're on the ship going to a planet. Like it's it doesn't feel like they progress the quote unquote plot very much. But what did happen was tons of character development between Hunter and Omega. Yeah. And um, there's tons of there's so much narrative purpose for that. And it's so important to establish that right now at the beginning. And this this season's like, what is it, 16, 15 or 16 episodes? Is that what they're so. doing? I think so. They can. I love that they they're taking their time. They don't have to rush the plot. Plot is. You plot have is, to build the story. You have to build the story and you have to give a reason for the plot to matter. If yeah. the if the characters aren't developed, the plot doesn't matter to me. I don't yeah. care if it's a cool story if the plot if the characters are underdeveloped. I don't yeah. care about that. And so like for me when people just throw around like it was okay for a filler episode or whatever, that's not it wasn't a filler episode at all. It if you just didn't love the episode, that's one thing. But yeah, it, it wasn't say, a filler. I didn't really like it. That yeah. just because it's not your favorite doesn't make it a filler episode. Exactly. I mean, it was important Clone to Wars the narrative arcs purpose and stories that I don't really like. But for certain characters, they do uh-huh. matter. Whether that character arc matters to me. Maybe not so much, but totally. There's also <laughs> legit filler arcs in the Clone Wars. Yes, like one hundred percent, there, 100% are. there yes. are, and you can totally skip them and doesn't matter. Yes, <laughs> droid arcs. So, <laughs> <laughs> like they're they're they are there, and I acknowledge that this is not that. And so yeah. that's my rant. That's my rant, and I, no, I left. I, I did an episode of that, and uh, yeah, the, and speak- super exciting episode. No, and. With everything. They had to do these things in order to get to where they're going to go next. If they just skipped this episode, it wouldn't make sense. A lot of these little key factors like the codes (laughs) and different things like that would not, wouldn't make Mm -hmm. sense. So you, it's a needed episode. And as, as well as the relationship between Hunter and. Uh, and Omega. And yeah. so like, and this, this episode really has a lot of similarities between, do you remember the first season of Mandalorian with Sanctuary, the episode Sanctuary? 
is where they go to that planet, that vill the that village, and yes. we meet Cara Dune. Yes. And yes. so like we go to that village, um, and Mando feels like Grogu would have a better life if he left yes. him on this planet with these people, with these caring people. Yes. And it, and he ends up not being able to take, you know, it it there's actually quite a bit of mirroring which is another point that travis made which is a fair point <laughs> it's 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 quite yeah. similar there's mirroring in all of star mm -hmm. wars i mean you can look at different shots that are even filmed like there's screen like if you just took a still of a oh, big scene, time yeah there's i mean that's just part of it and i think that's what makes i think star wars so familiar um mm -hmm. and easy to watch for people and and it's still new, but it's like coming home at the same time, you know, because you, I don't know, you know what to expect and then you don't at the same time, but it's, it's just, sure. If there's a comforting factor, I think in it having similar, I don't want to say similar storylines because that sounds like a cop out, but for there to be parallels and for them there to be mir mirroring and for there to be, um, just big well, themes I, that all of it encompasses, like family and hope and trust and things like that. Um, it give it wouldn't be Star Wars if it didn't have it. Sure, and, and and I'll give it to Travis too. It is similar, like it's very similar. And, and like if they follow it too much to a T, I'll criticize it too. I don't just want the same story just animated. Like I don't, yeah, yeah. I don't want that either. Yeah, but I do. I think haven't this is seen his comment, so I'm just going like. It's pretty much what I'm saying Without right now. Knowing like, what it is. <laughs> yeah. But like, so for, for me though, when I think about it, it's actually, it, it, there are similarities, but it's different here because Omega did, Omega actually chose to stay with the Bad Batch. Yeah. She chose to stay with Clone Force 99 in the, in the Mandalorian Mando just kind of had no choice but to take Grogu back. Grogu yeah. didn't make a choice. Um, Mando was kind of forced into a situation again. Yeah. And so in this situation, um, in this situation, Omega actually makes the choice that she doesn't want to go with this family. She wants to go with what she views as her actual family. Yes. And, and so like, to me, it's different. And, and that's, that's actually a really important difference. The, like who made the choice there. And, and I think it's, I think it's really, I really like that she chose that. Um, I can argue there is, there is one criticism I have about that moment. Um, I felt like it was kind of weird how they chose to do that. Like it felt like they were missing a scene. And so yeah, like she like, went and then all of a sudden she was there. <laughs> and what you're like, talking about. And then and then the and and then um cut and his wife didn't like we did not see them react to her being yes. gone at all. So it was yes. just like they looked kind of uh like neglective parents. <laughs> like they looked kind of like they weren't even paying attention to her yeah. to begin with. And so I thought that was kind of weird how they did that, but um, but all in all, I love that she chose and she ran and, and then Hunter like protected her like a mm -hmm. father should. And on the, on the ship, when he, when he's like, um, when she just said like, I have a lot, I know I have a lot to learn. I know I messed up, but this is where I want to be. Yeah. And, 
when Hunter said, if this is, well, first he said, I, I, it looks like I have a lot to learn too, or turns out I have a lot to learn too. Yeah. And he said, if this is where you want to be, then this is where you'll stay. Yeah. And I was like, oh, yes. That's so good. That's so good. <laughs> it was, Although, I love that moment. It was so good. And I think I even took maybe even some like notes about it, but I don't know. It just goes back to your trust, honesty, and learning. Like the fact that they weren't just these quote unquote clones. Like he wants to learn and she wants to learn and they want to trust each other and they want to be honest. And I just think it's going to be a great group to kind of see how they navigate this new world in a sense together. Yeah, and kind of like you said earlier, you like how they brought Crosshair to uh, to the choice or to, to where that he is now as kind of a antagonist. You like how they did that at the very beginning, so we kind of know how that is. Yes. I like how they did this at the beginning, so we didn't have this lingering question like, are they gonna drop? Are they gonna drop her at the nearest place that they can within the yes. next four or five? F- like, are we gonna be dangled with this choice? Like, is she just like, gonna be following whole- them around, hoping that she would fit in somehow? Right. Know? They they tackled this issue head on in this episode, um, and. They tackled it by exploring her, uh, by exploring her fears and by exploring his insecurities as a parent and his doubts. Like I, I saw a lot of self doubt there. Yeah. And can I, can I inadequacy? Yeah. Like, can I mentor this girl? You know, like, can I be the person that she needs to be? And I love how they were talking about before have like I think they said like having a fighting a battle and being a parent is completely different I think is is what um cut and yeah he said he I think he said um I think he said something like fighting uh fighting in the war is is actually is easier than raising a child yes, yes. <laughs> and so I just I love that and so I love that it makes it even more serious because that was kind of discussed that like hey if you let this girl come with you, like you're taking her on and bringing her in as family, which I feel like we've already said, but I love that that was discussed and that was said, I think maybe twice in that episode Mm -hmm. before kind of the finality of her staying with them happened. Yeah. And I love, I love the themes of like parenthood and insecurity and overcoming that and, inadequacy um honestly like i i am expecting a child and i feel those feelings yeah. right now so it actually really spoke to me it quite really a bit. resonates with you You're like oh <laughs> i get it it. Re- it resonates a whole lot with me you know we're like 15 weeks along and i'm like this there's this countdown to an immense amount of responsibility yeah. i've never had before and i'm terrified <laughs> um and i i think that Y'all are going to be amazing though. I I believe that, (laughs) but it's also like, I do feel what Hunter feels in this moment. Although like, I don't have to jump in at the teenage level, which is good. But, um, but I just like watching the episode, I was moved quite a bit because it resonated quite a bit with me. And so seeing him work through that 
And even to the point where he does care about her, like, you know, you can see it. He cares about her a lot, Yeah. but he cares about her so much that he does make a hard choice for him. And he makes the choice that he thinks that is best for her. But, um, but it was an easier uh, choice for him. It is the easier choice for him. It is easier. And I would, okay. Devil's advocate though. I would argue that, it's the right choice because it's probably not good for her to follow around yes. <laughs> during like murder sprees. <laughs> like, like probably not the best for her, but no, but like if I'm I thinking mean, just grew up pretty fast in star Wars, it's, kind of, it's, it's another theme. You're not wrong about that, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but no, but if we're just talking about like the family aspect of yeah. this and like how she, they are all genetically modified clones and they, and she clearly feels a, a draw to them and a, a, a familial connection with yeah. them. Um, it, that is where she wants to be. She chooses this family and, um, and I love at the end that Hunter, even though he made the choice to, to leave her, it was almost like. It was almost like I, I felt like he was relieved that she actually came back. I felt yeah. I feel like I feel like he would have been so guilty if if she would have not come back. And so yeah. I I was very I was very moved by that, by the emotional power of that kind of character arc. Yes. For them. And I love, I love, I love, I love how different things in everybody's personal life, um, pulls out something even more out of the stories. And I mean, being specific with Star Wars, but any kind of um, fan, like fiction of any kind, but we're specifically talking about Star Wars. And I love how there's little things that really impact you on a really personal level. Mm -hmm. Um, That's just great, you know? Yeah. Well, and if you notice, like what I love about, what I love about Star Wars so much is that it, this is a this conversation is a great example. How little have we talked about? How awesome was that? Pew pew! Like how yes. awesome was all this stuff? <laughs> we have talked about thematic elements almost the entire yes. time. Like we've talked about like the the way that the emotional arcs hit us, and so like uh, that is what I love about Star Wars, and that's one reason I love the Last Jedi so much. That and I know a lot of people have issues with it, but like that movie hits me on an emotional level more than almost anything Star Wars related. And it, it just does. Yeah. And so I can go into an hour, two, three, four hour conversation about how great that movie is for me. Don't worry, we're not going to do it right now. And are you sure? Because um... let's get Josh in here. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Josh Mesker, come on. Um but like, I love that about Star Wars because we we're talking about we've been talking for over an hour about these two episodes of this animated Star Wars show that has a ton of awesome action. And what did we talk about? We've been talking about the emotional resonance that that there has been within the first two episodes of this awesome show. And uh, yeah, I love I love it so much. And this episode really did. Like, I almost wonder, I almost in, enjoyed it more than the first one. Yeah. I love seeing, I love seeing, um, I love seeing everything that we saw in this one. It was just so good. Yeah. I love yeah. the, 
like you were talking about, I love that this is, I mean, we can, like you said, we can talk about animation, action, different things like that that are in, in Star Wars, um, content on any level. Um, but what I think is really cool, like you were saying, I'm just going to echo what you were saying, whether it's books, um, movies, TV shows, comics, like anything, there is so much deeper things to the storytelling that's in Star Wars. Um, and I love, love, love that it was created for kids. And as adults, we are still finding things mm-hmm. meaningful out of it. And I think that is what true, amazing storytelling is right there. That this is something that we watched as kids and fell in love with as kids for maybe the action or the cool scenes, the, you know, the really cool characters, the drama, whatever. Um, and then as adults to be able to really get down into like the nitty gritty and even, um, like you're saying, like you relate that to because you guys are expecting and, and, and the part of family and being a father like really resonates with you. I mean, there's a lot of parts of Star Wars because of my journey and the things that I've gone through that are that resonate with me even more. Um, and so I think that's just something that's fantastic about Star Wars in this franchise is that what George Lucas, even though it changed what his intentions were for it to be about family, for it to be about kids, but then, you know, you grow up and love it because it's just a good story. Um, yeah. And I love that it's it's still that way. And of course, people can be negative and throw the whole that's not my star wars that's not blah blah blah, whatever but i think you can always go back to at the end of the day this is for kids you know so like you can't be that critical but i don't know i just love it i love it there we can have discussion groups we can have podcasts about things that um it's just deeper than just a story i think and i mean it relates to things that are going on in the world today, you know? And I just think that's so fascinating and one of the reasons why I love Star Wars and I love Star Wars enough to watch an animated show, which I don't think a lot of people would do, so. Yeah, and I love Star Wars enough to have a podcast about exactly. it and start a group on <laughs> Facebook or whatever. Like, what? and here's the thing. I would never have started this podcast if I just loved Star Wars for the action. Yes, there's only so much you can talk about with that. And I don't get me wrong. I love Star Wars action. Yes. A lot. <laughs> um, in fact, this show in particular has some incredible action sequences um, and uh, already. But that's not what I'm interested in spending an hour talking about. Yeah. I'm interested in diving deeper. Um and and talking about why it resonates with me as a as a human and and when people bring up the George Lucas thing talking about how it was made for kids i'm always like yes he did say that and i also kind of translate that as it was made for the kid and in everybody all of us. yeah 100% yeah. and it like it it was made for kids and it was made, also made for those kids when they become adults yes. because they love it so much because yes. it's in their soul. 
so always you know your inner child or whatever yeah yeah but like i say that but like as an adult who is expecting a child i'm i am connecting with this character Mm -hmm. who is dealing with insecurity about parenthood yeah and like all this stuff and I, as an adult, that's not the kid in me. That is the adult in me connecting with an animated character who is feeling like I'm feeling Yes. in a star Wars show about clones. Yes. Who would have thought? I know it's so great. I think like, I know we talked previously about like favorite characters. And I think for me, that's why, and I know this is a little off topic from the bad batch, but why, Ahsoka resonates with me so much is that she had to really change her direction and who she was so many times. And I feel like as an adult, I've kind of had to look at my life and go, okay, what am I going to do when I grow up type of situation, you know? And so seeing her internal struggle on finding herself and who she was is something that as an adult, I can really identify with, even though it was a, like you said, an animated fictional alien character in star wars so um i just think it's great um that that is something that is possible for little kids to look up to and us as adults to kind of lean into as well yeah absolutely i love this This is fun (laughs) um so also i love can i just say that i it was so nice to see a nuclear family in star wars yes (laughs) like an actual father and a mother and kids where neither of them died. Yes. And didn't and they were... those her kids? Like he married her and like took her kids on as his own, I think. I'll be honest. I don't remember. Um, it's been a long time since I watched the episode with, with them in it. So yeah. I don't remember. I cannot wait for me to get to that episode of my rewatch because now I'm like really excited yeah. for that. But no, I don't remember the details. I just know in this episode, they're a happy family together that, um, they're fleeing the planet together. And they get to the go dad doesn't die defending them. The mom doesn't die. Yeah. They are all together leaving the planet together. Yes. <laughs> and <laughs> I just feel like Star Wars is so that's so few and far between in yes. Star Wars. <laughs> it's either like the both parents died or one of the parents died or both or the parents got burned alive like uncle o and aunt baru <laughs> or uh, like I, I just burned alive no <laughs> I, can't. I i just feel like there's so many instances in star wars where it's like man terrible like the really rough upbringing for like yeah. all of these people yeah and so it was just i love seeing i love yeah. seeing that and it was it was just really nice and i think it made it even more powerful for the story because um because as great as that family was, as happy as that family was, and I'm sure, like, they would have loved Omega as their own. Yes. Um, as much as that stuff is all true, Omega still wanted to be with Clone Force 99. Yeah. She still saw them as her family. She yeah. wants to, this is where she wants to be. And so that made that even more powerful. I love that. It's just good. It's a good yeah. start to a great new show. <laughs> I agree. Um, let's see. I'm trying to see. Uh, oh, can I just say that it's so heartbreaking, though, seeing her whenever whenever Hunter tells her that she's 
going with the other family. The, the fact that she even thinks, did I do something wrong? Yes. <laughs> like I was, when she said that, I was like, oh my gosh, this is awful. This poor girl is like thinking that she did something so wrong that they're going to abandon her. Yes. And, and, and he was trying to do the right thing for the most part, but, um, but he was acting out of fear and out of insecurity. And so it was the wrong choice, but I felt so bad for her when it was so, and again, the facial expressions on these characters, it was really communicated through her face. And I was just like, Oh my gosh, this is so sad. You can see the heartbreak. Like, yes. I'm trying to fit in somewhere and I feel like I should belong with you guys. And I feel yeah. like I found my family, my people, you know, and almost like that sense of trying to prove yourself um, mm-hmm. to be valid in that situation. And, um, and it's so, so sad, sad. But again, haven't we all kind of been there too? It's so relatable. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, not with my parents. <laughs> oh no, I just mean like in life. <laughs> my parents never never not wanted to get rid of me. <laughs> Well, I mean that could be relatable to some people. I suppose so, yes. absolutely. But, but not mine. For, my... <laughs> I just mean in any instance in life, you know, there's something where you yeah. think this isn't gonna happen. Did I do something wrong? You know, absolutely. One hundred percent. Yeah. Um there, I did have one more thought here, and you can just tell me any other stray thoughts that you yeah. have. Um, but I, I just remember, I, I really like seeing how there's like there's an inherent goodness and like loyalty and commitment to help people who he cares about with Hunter. Um, what like if you think about it, like in the first episode, he chooses to go back whenever he figures out that Omega is one of them, essentially. He chooses to go back and help her, even though it, even though it's probably like strategically a, it's a dangerous thing for them to do, um, big time. It's a risk. Um, he goes back and he and he saves her, and even like with Crosshair when they were in the when they were in the prison cell together, and the clones came to like take Crosshair away. Um, if you notice. Hunter actually steps between them and says, no, we're, t- we stick together. Yeah. Even though they were having this thing back and forth of the whole episode where Crosshair yeah. was like doubting him and like questioning him openly. Hunter still stood for him and he defended him. And then same thing with cut whenever, when they got to the other planet, um, even though, even though like, you know, they got to the planet and maybe their plans were kind of, sidelined he was like okay well we're gonna help y'all off this planet Mm -hmm. like i just i feel like i really like the i really like the things that they are doing with hunter's character because we didn't see any of this really for the most part in the clone wars yeah um in that in that arc and i i just really really like where they're taking hunter as yes. a character i really really like it i, I so. foresee he's going to be a favorite character of course i think i yeah i mean <laughs> definitely he's already up there as a favorite yeah, as great. one of my favorite clones yeah. for sure yeah like 
I mean, it's Rex is the best. Which they also mentioned that he passed through right before. Yes. So Rex. (laughs) And I think I saw maybe it wasn't Rex, but I think I saw Rex in the trailer. Like you could briefly see him possibly. Um, So I expect Rex to be in the show at some point. Um, Like the ragtag group that they find in Rebels, I feel like they might have some of that in there here and there yeah totally like rebels found lando and then they ran into leia and a hondo and yes please run into hondo oh my gosh i love him he's the best (laughs) i love hondo so much so uh do you have any i think he just lives forever is what i feel like i'm okay with that (laughs) i'm okay with that do you have any other stray thoughts on the episode not that I can think of. I feel like we pretty much covered a lot of everything. Oh, and I do want to give a special shout out to Kevin Kiner. His music for this show yes. has been excellent so far. Like, honestly, it's a standout. I love the, like, um, the intro music to the, uh, the, the snare drums, like the, like that little, like the marching snare. Um, and then I, I think he's, Listen, I, I I joked about him earlier when I was talking about season one music. It 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 was rough. Yes. But <laughs> as the show has gone on, as the Clone Wars went on, he really, really found the sound of the show. And particularly, like, I'm thinking about the music with Ahsoka's arc whenever Ahsoka is leaving, mm-hmm. that cello stuff. Yes. And then I'm thinking about the the final arc of the of the Clone Wars. And then I'm thinking about this show. Uh, the Bad Batch, he is nailing it. Yeah, and in particular, in particular, Omega's theme. Have you noted? Has that stood out to you at all? Omega's theme. No, but I need to go back and watch it. And it. Will. Yeah. So, like, listen to the music. I kind of like when I watch things, I have to rewatch, and then I focus on something different. I kind of do that mm-hmm. with music in itself. I'll focus on like a different instrument or something the next time I listen to. It. Totally. But, um. I'm going to, I'll do that for sure. No, listen to the music when, listen to the, honestly, it happened, the, this melody thing happens a lot whenever she's on screen, but particularly the part where she's stepping off the ship onto, uh, onto what, what's the planet called? Sulamai. Um, what's the planet called? I think so. That one in Onderon. Sulekamai. Sulekamai. Yeah. Sulekamai. Um, when, when they step off the ship onto Sulekamai, the, the, uh, that beautiful moment of wonder and like what she's really never seen sunshine before and dirt and grass and trees. All of these things are a first for her. And it, again, it reminds me of Ray um, with Han on that planet. Yes. And, um, but the music, when she's stepping off that ship, it's the, uh, the, uh, I'm not going to hum it for you, but it's beautiful. (laughs) It is right now. And I'll go watch it and I'll be like, okay, yes. (laughs) <laughs> yes pause the podcast no but but no it is it really does stand out it's it's a very beautiful beautiful melody and um and then there's like really playful stuff when she's playing with the kids and uh i just i think that they're doing such a good job he's doing such a good job with this show um but yeah that's that's all i got me too i'm gonna obviously rewatch them anyway because that's just kind of what i do but i'll i already did 
Yeah, <laughs> I need to. It's been a busy couple of days, so I'm I'm gonna be yeah. doing that. I mean, I'm I'm gonna have some time uh, tomorrow, and I'll yes. have some stuff downloaded on my phone for uh, traveling. So. Yes. Awesome. And then it'll well, be like right in my ears and I can hear exactly the music and everything even better. Yes. Yeah. You'll have to let me know what you think of that I too. Will. I, I will. I'm telling you that like I listened to that and I didn't notice her theme um, before that moment. Yeah. But at that moment it was like, oh wow, this music is absolutely gorgeous. <laughs> I and then love, you hear I love it like every doing. time after you notice it that first time. It's stuck in my head now. Like it's I've only heard it a couple of times and it's stuck in my head. It's absolutely gorgeous. Um, but yeah, okay. So th- I guess that's all we got for today. Um, like I said, we're probably not gonna do episode review podcasts every single week with this show. We, we may like in big episodes, we may jump on and do a live stream. Um, we may do something like that, but, um, to be honest, I just don't have an interest in doing a review show of the bad batch for four months in a row without doing something else in between. (laughs) So, um, you know, we might get to a big episode where we have to talk about stuff. But other than that, we're we're going to do our regularly, regularly scheduled program type stuff um, going forward. But um, but yeah, uh, Jessica, where can everybody find you on the social medias and stuff? Um, I am more active on Instagram. So it's Jessica.McNair is my handle um, for Instagram. But Got to check out the Instagram for the podcast, Certain Point of View Pod. Um, And we're going to be doing a lot more things on it. So um, definitely check that out as it continues to grow. And we just, I don't know, there's going to be some fun stuff planned. So (laughs) thank you so much again for that. (laughs) No problem. (laughs) It was quite a boring place before. Um, yes. So th- guys, this has been so much fun. I can talk about this stuff literally all night, but we can't have, we can't have three hour episodes of the podcast all the time. <laughs> so, so we're going to, we're going to cut it here, but guys, thank you so much for joining us. And until next time, may the force be with you always.